Welcome back. I hope you are ready to continue on this journey with me. This episode, I will share how I went from someone working toward ordination in an evangelical church to someone that is not sure what being is out in the cosmos or even if it is just one being. As I look back at my life, there are certain events that at the time I didn't realize were so impactful, but started me down this path. I'm going to share the ones that were the most important to me. It may seem disjointed because these stories are not necessarily in any order of when they actually happened. So I have titled each story so that you know when each one begins. Bible study. In my junior year of college, I was leading a Bible study for ROTC students on campus. It was one of the highlights of my time at Marquette. It was a group of 10 to 15 students. Some were there as my friends supporting me. Some were students who attended before I became the leader. When I remember was the community we had, I would make some kind of food for the evening. I was always taught that food helps people connect. We were going through a book the first semester. I would assign a chapter to read, but as with most college students, everyone was busy and rarely actually read what I had assigned. Knowing that, I would pick a few paragraphs that I thought would invoke some good conversations. These students, while they were in my small college apartment, were a community. It was a space that people could be vulnerable, and they embraced it. Being in ROTC, it was second nature for everyone to hold their fears inside and always put on a confident facade, even if life was hard. The most important part of this whole experience for me was that not everyone believed the same things. Their uniqueness and beliefs drew conversations that never would have come about if they had all thought like me. Their openness and different takes on faith opened my eyes to the fact that not all Christians had to think and believe what I did. The afterlife. Another event that I will never forget was with a friend. She was a Christian, but was so much more open in her faith than I was. I saw her as someone who took others' frameworks and made it her own. At times, all I wanted to do was emulate her. She had a close family member pass away. For weeks, I barely saw her, but I didn't think much of it as she is usually busy with school. One day on a run, she mentioned how she had actually been avoiding me. I was shocked and asked her why. Her family member that passed away was an atheist and outspoken against Christianity. She was afraid that I would tell her that this beloved family member was in hell. That hit me so hard. This church, this group of Christians that I was identifying myself with carried an expectation that I would condemn people to hell. Not only that, but it would be one of the first things I would express to people after being informed of the worst thing that happened in their life, that they lost a loved one. My friend was afraid that my Christian faith would make this my reaction to her great sorrow. I was dismayed. It also made me think more about my beliefs in the afterlife. I'm so grateful that she told me her fears. I was able to see that this label of white evangelical Christian was harmful. It also opened my eyes to different views on the afterlife and the fact that 
I didn't know what I believed about it. Ordination. In most churches, when you begin the process of ordination, you get to meet with a committee or some people from the committee so that they can see your intentions and make sure you are ready. Part of this process probably involves paperwork stating that you believe and are committed to their beliefs and statements of faith. As I was getting ready to become a chaplain in the army, I needed to meet with my committee. I talked with my pastor first. After reading over some of the paperwork that I had to fill out, I became slightly concerned with their position on same-sex marriage. I have known what their stance as a denomination was since middle school. But now, after learning more about the LGBTQIA community throughout college, I was not sure I agreed. Not sure if their theology on it was right. I confided these thoughts, my uncertainties, with my pastor. What I remember is being told not to question it. They, as in the committee, have been through so much with this theological stance. I had confided that I did not agree or at least was unsure of this part of our denomination, and I was told to not bring it up because it is a touchy subject with them. This should have been the time when I found a different denomination. But I was scared, and honestly, wasn't sure what the Bible said on the subject. I had only been taught about it through this denomination. Recalling moments like this, I can't help but think, what if I had made a different decision? What if I had said, no, this is not right. I will be endorsed by someone else. I think about the seminary, the people, my ministry, my experiences, even my finances. There are so many things that could have been different. Inequality. In the middle of my questioning about switching endorsers, I got a list of all the religious organizations that can endorse someone for the army. It is long, like overwhelmingly long. I started to look up some of these denominations. What I realized is that for each different denomination, I had to do a deep dive into their theology to find out if they ordained women. This was tough. All I could think about is how men don't have to worry about this. They can pick any random church and be sure that they have the ability to be ordained. I'm not sure I can put into words how heart-wrenching it was for me to see the inequality of these denominations. On the other hand, at least I knew what to look for and how to navigate their website to discover this information. I began to think about the LGBTQIA community. How often are they able to walk into any church and not be afraid that the message will be that their life is sinful? They would have to do the same kind of research I was doing to see if I could be ordained, but it would be different. It would be harder to find a church that is accepting. Even denominationally, there can be differences in how a church lives out the theology. I vowed that day that I would find a church that truly welcomes everyone. I didn't know what theology was there in support, but I knew that the God I loved and knew loves everyone. I want to take a brief pause to tell you about the God I know. High school was a struggle for me. I often felt that I wasn't enough. 
And through this, at times during the night, I would cry myself to sleep, thinking about how I didn't measure up. Church was one of the places that I threw myself into. My church taught me often about the love of God and about God's grace. John Wesley's theology was at the heart of my denomination, and there might be things I don't agree with, but his famous quote about his heart being strangely warmed when he accepted Christ into his life is something that I will carry in my own faith. I tried to be the best Christian I could, reading the Bible and praying, even if I didn't understand everything or knew what to pray. One night, as I was feeling alone in the world, I had this experience of God. It was almost as if God were there with me and giving me a hug. This was my first, and so far, only personal experience of God. I have never heard the voice of God or felt like I have been in the presence of God since. This one experience is what I hold to most dearly and my life and this journey. From my personal experience of God, I know that God wants to hug everyone. There is not a soul on this earth that God does not want to reach. Sometimes I'm not exactly sure what that God is, but I know that God is love. Perhaps each religion holds truth and no one is greater than the other. Perhaps that's wrong. I don't know. All I know is that God, whoever that may be, is love. Queer Eye I love watching Queer Eye, but it is heartbreaking to watch as a Christian. The episodes when they are working with someone who was raised to believe that people in the LGBTQIA community are sinful hurt me. I was those people once. I was that person when I first started watching the show. What I saw was as people experienced Tan, Jonathan, Bobby, Karamo, and Anthony. They saw them in their humanness. They saw that these were people just like anyone else, that their existence and who they were mattered. When I was in college, I was getting a degree in psychology. My favorite class I took was a psychology of gender class. For extra credit, we could attend a small talk on psychology and transgender. Unfortunately, going into this talk, I was skeptical that a person could think they were a different gender. But when I heard these stories, these real people share their stories, I was ashamed. Ashamed that I never before cared to hear the stories from people who knew they were a different gender. Ashamed that I judged them before I truly knew them. Hearing about their experiences changed how I viewed them. Youth group. I did know one gay boy in our school. In fact, my friends invited him to youth group. I believe we were all in middle school at that point in northern Wisconsin, in a very, very small town. I'm sure you can imagine the trouble this teenager had in our town. I remember that somehow that night our volunteer youth leader was talking about 
the sin of homosexuality. This student was bold, much bolder than myself. He raised his hand and asked if that meant the youth leader thought he was a sinner. The youth leader didn't back down from his position and remained firm that yes, being gay, or at least acting on those feelings, was a sin. This young boy walked away from church that night, and every student in youth group saw our model of what a Christian is deny this boy the love of God. I would like to take a moment to say thank you to the people in my life who have been authentically you. I've been lucky to have many wonderful people pass in and out of my life. Some I still keep up with on Facebook. To those who are lesbian and gay, I wish you a lifetime of love and happiness. To those of you who are aromantic, asexual, I wish you a lifetime of love and acceptance by friends and family. To those of you who have and are transitioning into the person you know you are, I wish you a lifetime of confidence and love. Thank you to everyone who has shown me the beauty of a diverse humanity. It has been your bravery to be yourself that has given me the courage to step out of evangelicalism into something unknown. I hope that after this episode, you take some time to reflect. Reflect on any experience you have had with God. Perhaps it is something like my experience. It could have been more about the people that God has put in your life as well. Then reflect on the memories you have that have led you to question or expand your faith. See if the God you have personal experiences of aligns with how you think God should act or be in this world. Oftentimes, the white evangelical church will tell you that God is God, and what you believe about God doesn't matter. What matters is what is in the Bible. Right now, the Bible is second to my personal experience of God. What do you believe about the Bible? There are those that still hold the Bible in an authoritative role in their life, even in their process of deconstruction. There are those who toss it aside entirely. I personally struggle with this, mostly out of guilt because good Christians read and believe the Bible, that it is inerrant and inspired word of God. At first, I was leery of the Bible because I thought it did not align with my new theology about God. I was tired of having to explain things to myself, to others, about my new thoughts on the Bible. However you feel toward the Bible right now is okay. Hate it, love it, it's all part of this process. But I do want to encourage you that there is theology that supports the new beliefs that I have. The thing that I always forget is that the theology I was raised with is just one way to look at things. That there are so many different theologies 
that support this love and equality that I see God as. There's liberation theology that I learned about in college. There's feminist theology that centers a more caring view of God and of the world. There's womanist theology and there's queer theology. And in my own journey, I know that I need to do more to engage with these readings because even though I am almost done with seminary, sometimes I feel like these past three years have been a waste of time because this theology is all based in white evangelical Christian thought and the way they write their books It's like they pretend that there are these different views and then one by one they knock them down until they say that only their theology can stand against the test of time and only their theology is the one that shows you love God and you're trying to spread God's word to the rest of people. But I no longer believe that's true. I no longer look to the evangelical church to tell me what is right and what is wrong and what is of God and what is not of God because I no longer hold those values. To come to this position in my life is both terrifying and freeing. It's freeing because I can shed this guilt, this Christian guilt that they want me to hold on to, that they want me to pretend like The Bible tells their story of white savior-style Christianity, and it doesn't. I struggle, like I said before, about how I feel towards the Bible. But when I read it, all I see is this God who loves her people. I see a God who time and time again forgives, and helps her people move forward. And for a moment, I want you to notice the pronouns for God I use. I've started, even in my seminary papers, to use feminine pronouns for God because I believe that God is genderless, but in my whole life, God has always had male pronouns. And for right now, for me, I need God to have feminine pronouns and maybe you're in that place in your journey too and maybe you're not and all of this is okay because we're all on our own journeys but if this is something you want to explore more I would encourage you to do that and if you prefer to explore more non-binary gender forms for God, I would encourage you to to do that as well because this is about the journey and you can try things and see how it feels and see what's right for you. Before I end this podcast, I'd like to give a shout out to my wild liberals that I met over a year ago now. I'm sure I will talk about them more in the following episodes, but for now, I would like to say thank you for showing me that I am not alone in my journey. Thank you for showing me theology 
that allows for the flourishing of all. You were my safety net when I left my old denomination. Thank you for showing me that God truly is love. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And remember to take time to reflect on what you might have learned today and reflect on your past experiences that you've had because your experiences matter and your experiences form who God is for you. And I don't want you to invalidate those experiences because I believe that your personal experiences of God help you to learn who God truly is. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. You can find us on Young Throne Podcast on Instagram or email us at youngcrone at jacksmountainselfcare.co. Thank you for being with us today.